What's up, everybody? And on this episode of Guys Talking Sports, we briefly discussed the all-star selections and the snubs, and we discussed the big-time trade with Porzingis going to Dallas for a bunch of uh, Skittles and uh, $2. So make sure to pay attention and tune in to listen to this episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another another episode of Guys Talking Sports. It's your boy Ace, aka Big Cat, aka D. Not Anthony Davis, because brother, I ain't about to get paid. So, you know, just so happens my name's Adrian, AD. It all, it all works out. But anywho, I'm here with my boys Al, Earl. What's good? Oh man, I'm living in a polar vortex. With uh, last time I checked, it was five degrees. Keep that shit. <laughs> At least we got nine degrees. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you a whole four degrees higher than me. Okay. Hey, I'll take nine over five any day of the week. I think it was so cold, my nostril hairs are starting to ice up this morning. <laughs> At least you had the one dog. Yeah, at least we not wasn't in Chicago. That was negative thirty something degrees. That alone was crazy. Yeah, that drink look like um, the Ice Planet Hoth from uh, Empire Strikes Back out there. Yeah, that was crazy. That was definitely crazy. But um, shout out to everybody, and I, I must say that um, I believe that D'Angelo Russell got robbed from the All Star Game stuff. But um, I can talk more about that later. So let's get started. Hey, what about Luca? Hey, let's just roll into that really quickly. Heard uh, Donkey got uh, snub too. Man, he deserved that. Um, um, <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. Um, there's a couple of players that got snubbed, but um, I just thought that, you know, me being a Brooklyn Nets person, thought that D'Angelo got snubbed. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Do you agree with the uh, the picks for the All-Star game? I like how Victor Oladipo was named uh, a reserve, but uh, he ain't playing no ball. So yeah, I think they did it out of, you know, you know, for the full half of the season, which he earned. Um, so I'm not going to knock that. Um, I, I know that they're going to replace somebody with uh, Victor Oladipo. Um, the question there right now is who in the East get that replacement. So we'll see. Um, there's some other snubs out there that can possibly be added because I, I, to be honest, I didn't think that Jimmy Butler was going to get snubbed, but he got snubbed too. And I'm pretty sure Philly fans is going crazy about that as well. I didn't get a chance to look at the rosters until just fairly recently. So, uh, you know, uh, there's always snubs, man, you know, every year. So, I mean, it's, it goes to the territory. I mean, um, like you said, Victor Oladipo, you know, he got, he got, he got picked or selected, but he won't be playing. So somebody's going to get that spot. So somebody who got quote unquote snubbed will, will get that spot. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I can't, I can't really say one way or the other. It's a glorified scrimmage. Just so happens to be mid, mid, uh, mid-year through the season. So, congrats to all those who got selected. Uh, I do think uh, Lucas should have got should have got that uh, that nod though, because you know, granted, Dennis Smith Jr. was uh, the star in Dallas last year, but Luca took the league by storm, and he's only going to get nicer, considering. Uh, considering what was going, you know, what happened today with the blockbuster trade. So, with that being said, with a brief touch on the on the All Star, my goodness, what the hell is New York thinking? I know what they were thinking, but I want your guys' thoughts. I'm going to defer this one to you, Earl. Well, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what they're doing. I mean, they, um, you know, traded. You know, KP, you know, along with Tim Hardaway and um, who else? Um, um, Courtney Lee. Courtney Lee um, to, to, to get over basically a bunch of expiring contracts. Um, so what they're doing is really laying a groundwork for next season to free up cap space. From what I hear is that they're going to have an excess of $71 million below the cap. 
um, so they can make a run at, you know, the free agent class of next season, which of course is going to be KD, um, maybe uh, Clay Thompson, um, Kyrie Irving. Um, so I think they're just laying the work to be able to have the money to go after one of those max free agents as well as they're going to slide in and also have a top three pick, which could or could not land into the top one, which will put them at the top of the um, top of the draft order. So uh, we all know who they're probably would like to have, but um, I think now clearing the decks per se, um, I think this, this season is washed. I mean, they're taking already in my opinion. Now they're really going to just not really play at all. But like I said, this is all about cat space going into next year. So definitely going to be into the, um, you know, the free agent market. And I think that um, I think, you know, the proof is it going to be in a pudding come next year to see what the management is going to be able to do, see who they can give um, the Knicks, if they can give them any kind of, you know, life, because that team has been really <laughs> devoid of any kind of true life. So I think since what Amari Stoudemire and Melo was really playing, um, not to take anything away from KP, but they haven't had that kind of excitement in quite some time. So, to me, the proof is in the pudding. They're going to have all this money. Let's see who, if they can land someone come next year or next year. I'd just like to say that the Garden hasn't had any true excitement since Jeremy Lin. Just thought I'd say that. Lin Sanity was a nine-game stretch, but he brought some excitement to that Garden. Okay. <laughs> yep. That's my two cents to that. <laughs> Al. <laughs> uh, um, ha, ha, ha. Okay. Um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to see if I could do this without hurting anybody's feelings, so to speak. And I apologize. Um, I just don't understand Knicks fans, me personally. Me personally, Dallas robbed the Knicks, basically. They robbed them, um, gave them a, their disgruntled player and expiring contracts for a bona fide star if he's healthy, when he's healthy, and Christoph Porzingis. Not only that, you get back Tim Hardaway Jr., who has been playing well for the Knicks, as well as Courtney Lee. You got all three and on wing players that can shoot the three and can play defense. And you add a superstar, Christoph Porzingis, including on that with Luka Doncic. I mean, Dallas basically is the clear-cut winners. And I apologize, Knicks fans, but right now you're all living on a hope. You're hoping that you get... You know, you get number one in the draft lottery. You're hoping to get Zion Williamson. And even though you have max money now, you're hoping to sign two max free agents in the summer, which is going to be kind of difficult because what two free agents that are max tier, high-level free agents is going to come to a New York Knicks team that doesn't have Christoph Zingas anymore? So I, I heard on a talk about you know, the Knicks team, the organization has to have something under their sleeve for them to make this trade. I think that if they did have something under their sleeve and and had a good reason to make this trade, it kind of went down the wayside if they didn't have Christ, if they don't have Christoph Porzingis now. So it's going to be very difficult for them to recruit two players, um, two bona fide superstars on a max on two max deals, and think that everything is going to be okay. I just don't see it. The Knicks organization is not known to bring in quality free agents. Everything is done via trade. So I just don't understand the trade. Why bring in Dennis Smith Jr. when you got Emmanuel Moutier? You got um, all these guards there. You have Frank Nielakila, who is supposed to be the future in point guards. You have all these point guards here, and you still pick up Dennis Smith Jr. What are you going to do with all these guards now? What are you going to do with DeAndre Jordan now that you have Enos Cantor still there that you're paying all this money for, and now you're not even giving him playing time? I mean, I don't understand what it is that they're trying to do. You're going to bank your whole future on Dennis Smith Jr. and Kevin Knox and whoever signs in free agency, thinking that those free agents is going to be attracted to a 10-win team that is currently in last place in the Eastern Conference or fighting for last place in the Eastern Conference. So I don't know why Knicks fans is so all around in a circle. Like, 
if you are a diehard Knicks fan and you believe that you're going to get two max free agents, I completely understand that. But do you really believe that you trust the organization that has not done nada since the Carmelo Anthony, Amari Stoudemire era that you're going to get two bona fide superstars to come to the New York Knicks organization? They have a better chance getting signed and playing with other teams that are better off. Brooklyn Nets, for example, who are number six in the Eastern Conference right now in the playoff hunt. So this whole trade deal was just mind-boggling. Um, good for Christoph Porzingis because now he gets to play for a championship-quality team because if you add him and Luka once he's healthy, that's going to be a bona fide star tandem for the next couple of years. They're both in their early 20s. So, me personally, I just thought that this trade was just all good for the Dallas Mavericks, bottom line. Yeah, but Dallas, Dallas is banking on the Luka KP duo uh, to wreak havoc in the West, but they're giving up two first-round picks to New York, and I believe they have a first-round pick that uh, that belongs to Atlanta. So they're going to be uh, devoid of uh, any true talent for quite some time. Considering- yeah, I think one pick is unprotected. The, the very first pick is um, unprotected, and the second pick is protected. But with their record, that'll probably be uh, that won't be a lottery pick. That'd be a exactly lower. Lower pick, so it, it might end up wind up being a watch for them anyway. And you know the basketball shoot, and outside of like the first couple picks of the of the the, 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 uh, the draft for the NBA, you know it's a pure crapshoot when it comes to basketball. Because you can have all the talent in the world in high school and college and be pure crap when you make it to the NBA. So they are definitely leveraging the entire house, <laughs> hoping that KP and Luca will be that next uh, Nash to whiskey, the whiskey uh, type of uh, combo. But, but, but here's the question. Yes, they're banking that whole thing on them, but the Knicks are so still far worse off. They don't have no one to really bank on. You know what you're getting from Christopher Zinkis. You have an idea of what you're getting from Luca Doctors. You have an idea of what you're getting from Kevin Knox. You have an idea for what you're getting from any upcoming um, free, I mean, um, draft selections that the Knicks get where you just you get an idea of where Dallas is going. You don't have an idea of where New York is going at this point. Anybody can honestly say that. I mean, but Dennis Smith Jr., granted, isn't having a year that he had last year, but I mean, he's not exactly a, a slouch when it comes to play. Yeah, but again, you you're, think about this. Would you rather take Christoph Porzingis or Dennis Smith Jr. to start a team with? Okay, but oh damn, okay. Uh, <laughs> you see my point? Like you really didn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I get what you're saying about Dennis Smith Jr. and he may prove critics wrong and go on beast mode going forward for the rest of the season. My point is, is that as of right now. You can't tell me that they are equal par with each other. Like, if you people to take um, Christopher Zingas or Dennis Smith Jr. to start a team with, I'm pretty sure majority of the people is going to take Christopher Zingas. Yeah, I mean, I, I see where you're going with that, but we also know he just came off a uh, ACL, and not to say that you know you can't come back and be that guy after ACL injury, but he's fragile. The dude is seven three. And he's about a good 242, 260 soaking wet. And he still looked bony. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's and you know what's so funny because that's what the Knicks fans are arguing, that particular that that particular statement. That he, he you know, he just came off an ACL injury and he's still bony. He you know, fragile. Like that's exactly what Nick fans are saying. That's why they was like so glad to get rid of him. And no, I'm not gonna say, you know, I'm 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 glad that Knicks got rid of him. But in the same sense, do we know for a fact, do we know two things? One, do we know that uh, Przingis would have been a key key part in Fitzdale's uh, offense in New York? 
Because obviously they went the whole season without him. And I guess Fitzgerald has an idea of what he's trying to run and where he's trying to lead the Knicks. With KP coming back, would that have thrown a monkey wrench in everything that he was trying to, you know, what he's established so far, one. And two, would he ever even get back to that 25-point-a-game type of player that he was? Not to say that, you know, folks who come back from ACLs don't come back and, and, and go crazy, but we just don't know that. So, I mean, it's, it's two huge unknowns. You know what? It's a moot point because, you know, Kristoff came out earlier this week talking about he wasn't happy with the direction of where the, the team and the, his role was going, and he asked for a trade, and he essentially got his wish. Now, I agree with Al. Dallas definitely made out the better on this one. Um, I mean, you have the if, – if he's healthy, you have the successor to Dirk Nowinski. Dirk, I'm, a, I'm assuming, after this season, is going to retire. You have um, – you have Luca, and then you're going to have Kristoff, who's going to—that's going to be their centerpieces moving forward. And they'll just fit pieces around them. That—that'd be good. Um, but with the but with the Knicks, I mean, it, what can you say? I mean, you know—they haven't given that fan base anything to be happy about in so long. And granted, even when Sanity for that nine, ten stretch game was something to be interested about. But prior to that. There hasn't been anything to be interested about them since 2013, I think. So insanity. Nine, nine, nine games. <laughs> I'm talking about. Ex- <laughs> Look, are you gonna? I wouldn't. I wouldn't compare insanity to to Amadi Stoudemire or or Melo. I would even. I would even compare insanity to the old um, um back in the day. So that's like a that's like a that's like a hit of crack. And I mean, you just. <laughs> A quick high, and it was going. <laughs> but still, to me, the Knicks, I don't – unless they believe in their heart of hearts that they have the ability to get one, if not two, of those max free agents that's going to be available next summer, in regards to what they do in the draft, because they're probably going to end up being Zion Williams or they're going to – R.J. Barrett. My opinion, I think R.J. Barrett might wind up being a little bit better than Zion Williams, but Zion Williams is going to put more people in the, in the seats. We can talk about that much more madness happens about, but still, like I said, unless they believe they can get one of those two max players, I don't see how this, I don't see how this works for the Knicks. But like I said, the proof is going to be in the pudding come after the season when those, when those players become free agents, if they can lure somebody. And like you said, with no, with no KP, how do you get the lure? Cause right now there's nobody there. Even if you was to get Zion Williams, is that enough to lure Kevin Durant? Is that enough to lure um, um, Kyrie Irving? Is that enough to lure maybe even – well, it ain't going to be um, Clay Thompson because I don't think he's leaving out of Golden State. I think Kevin Durant's going to be the one to leave. But can they get one of those max free or two to come to the Knicks? I just don't see it. And if I could just add something real quick. Um what kills me about this is the fact that why rush into the trade? You probably could have gotten so much more talent and so much more picks, a better offer from any other team outside of Dallas. Like, that's what kills me. Like, if you were to say there were several teams interested in Christoph Porzingis, I know for a fact that Brooklyn was one of them. But yet, you got an offer of Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, which now you have a cluster of centers because you got DeAndre Jordan, you got Enos Canner, who's still trying to get minutes, and you're all using those to play Mitch Robinson, who is your starting center. So now he's going to have to take a step back because now you brought in DeAndre Jordan. Like, the question is, is that what is the Knicks really trying to do? Like, was it really beneficial for them to take the Dallas's offer when you had so many other teams that probably could have offered something with more value back in return? But then again, that's the Knicks for you. Because, right? Well, I ain't going to say that. Well, I, I, re- I read, so I think it was Twitter or somewhere, where the Knicks have been in contact with Dallas for a couple of days now because they got the feeling that Porzingis wasn't uh, trying to be there. So they even though the trade, even though the announcement of saying, you know, he wants to be traded and then what seemed like three minutes later, they got traded to, he got traded to Dallas was something that was probably in the works for about 72 
72 hours at best. So I'm sure I'd probably, probably say longer than that. Probably. Then that may be true. But the point is, is that, again, like, and this goes with the same thing with AD, all these players preferring destinations to where they wanted to be traded to. Like, nobody didn't know that KP wanted to go to Dallas. Like, they could have gotten over with an actual trade that made sense for them. Well, who's to say that KP wanted to go to Dallas? Who's to say that the Who's to say that Fitzdale and Dolan and all them folks said, you know what, Fitzdale saying, maybe I could work with Dennis Smith Jr. and maybe I can use him as a cog to bring some other pieces and we can build something here. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, it looks like, it doesn't look like Dallas fleeced the Knicks at this particular moment. If you're going to take what we see in Przingis and – go from there, but we still don't know if Przingis is going to be that dude. I'm sure he's going to come back and, and go and go ham. Maybe. But he may get hurt again. <laughs> so we don't know. You know, and as crazy as it may sound, in two years, we might be looking at this trade and be like, yo, the Knicks did a hell of a job with that trade, considering KP might be out for another six months because something happened. We, I, you know, I guess we really won't know until the summertime if this trade really is speaking volumes. Because by this point, we'll know if the Knicks believe they'll get the number one pick, which I don't think they will. I think mm-hmm. Cleveland's going to get it just because it's Cleveland, and <laughs> because they seem to get number one picks all the time. And two, <laughs> who's going to want to come back to New York? Does Kyrie want to come back home? You know, like I said, I don't know. I mean, I mean, DeAndre Jordan is probably going to get bought out along with Wesley Matthews. I mean, like you said, they got Enid Cantor there, so I don't. There's no need to have DeAndre Jordan there. They'll get bought out. They'll probably wind up back with the Dallas Mavericks at a uh, at a discounted rate. Um, Ooh, uh, um, DeAndre? Yeah. They're not going to keep him. He's going to get bought out. You think so? Uh, I'd rather I'd rather get rid of Cantor. Uh, I mean, you, I think you might Cantor, get some think, value from him. I think Cantor fits well, but they really they bought that for expiring contracts to free up money. Right. No need to have all those centers sitting on there. Somebody's going to be out, out, out. Um, last man out. Probably DeAndre Jordan because he's just coming there. You don't really need him when you can just keep Cantor. And if you don't want Cantor, you can always move him on the offseason. But like I said, they're not they're not playing to win any games at this point. They're playing to tank for that first round pick. Was the reason why they got rid of all that stuff and got and brought in all these parts that don't fit because they're going to let some of them go anyway. Well, hold up, but, but we're we're sitting here talking as if uh, KP was actually playing. That dude didn't play not, not a near second this league, uh, this second for the Knicks. And so I don't think I don't think they're tanking per se. They want they want to ensure <laughs> that they don't, they don't do anything. Because eventually he's going to come back, regardless of how he said he didn't like the way he fit. Eventually he was going to come back, and if he came back, then maybe he's going to win some games. So they wanted to ensure at their best (laughs) that they secure that top spot in the pick. And I'm going to be honest with you, do not be surprised if he doesn't – if he does come back, he'll be back this sometime this season. Uh, There's already reports talking about um, KP already running – and um, Duncan right now. Yeah, so, yeah, I read that too. I read that. So this would be the motivation itself to say, okay, now I need to get back to being serious and get back to playing ball so I can get back on with my new team. So I am definitely interested. You know, I was sitting there talking with our with our boy B. I mean, we know he's our boy, but the people out there don't know he's our boy. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> and. When I said KP was on the trade block, he was like, I was like, what are the odds that KP ends up with the Pelicans? And he came came back to me, was like, what, AD for KP? I was like, no, 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 no. What if, hypothetically, the Pelicans took the offer of Ball, Kuzma, the center, the first round draft pick, throw whatever is in there and traded AD to the Pelicans. And then, I'm sorry, they traded AD to LA. LA. And then 
flip then uh the pelicans then flip some of those pieces along with some other pieces that they currently have in dallas and then i'm sorry in uh in new orleans and then try to trade kp from new york to new orleans because ball already said he wanted to play in new york so ball would have probably been part of that centerpiece along with some other pieces and a couple uh, a couple first round draft picks Again, I thought that might have been an interesting three. You know what? That would have been the smart thing to do. That would have been a smart thing to do because you know why? Because then you pulling out, like, I get what you're saying. They could have easily turned, like, a, a lot of ball and Julius Randle or Meritick for KP and a pick. At least you have established stars in Meritick or Julius Randle to offset KP and get a point guard of the future and maybe Alonzo Ball. That would have been a smart thing to do. But like I said before, the Knicks organization is not known for doing stuff like that. Like, they rushed that. Like, they could have easily planned this out a lot better and not just focus on Dallas. They could have gotten a better offer. Like you said, something like that would have been a better, a much better offer. And then people could come back and say they did a smart move and would have been all for the trade. But they didn't do that. I couldn't think of some pieces that would have gone on, you know, because I don't think, I don't think New Orleans would have flipped Kuzma and Ball and some other place and other players for KP, but that would have been interesting because you're almost kind of replacing the length of AD with KP. But and you know what makes it better because if you would have turned it into a three, the three team trade, it would have benefited everybody. LA would have got AD. New Orleans would have got their replacement in AD and Kristoff Porzingis. The Knicks would have got some key pieces in back for Kristoff. It would have been a win-win for all three teams. But they didn't do that. Well, I, I think that, you know, if you want to segue into the whole AD thing, uh, I'm, I'm of the opinion, if they're going to get a trade before the deadline, it's going to be, it, it may come way up a three or four team deal. Uh, three or four? With, Damn. With the, with the Lakers the Pelicans, and one or two other teams. I agree with that. To be honest, I kind of hope that – I kind of hope that um, – no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not even going to put that in the atmosphere. Um, it would be interesting to see, but I'm going to be honest with you, I can see why Del Dems doesn't want to deal with the Lakers directly. And I can see why he don't want AD to go to L.A. After all this back and forth and all this behind-the-scenes stuff, I can honestly – and I said this on Twitter. I said, look, you know, I am I completely understand why Adele Dimps don't want to talk to the Lakers, bottom line. He, to be honest, you shouldn't have to. He can wait until the end of the – you know, the beginning of the season at this point. He can do whatever he wants. But I feel as though that he could get better offers from other teams other than the Lakers. Like, you don't have to stick with just getting back ball – I mean, don't get me wrong. Kuzma and Ball is a, the the offer that was given to Del Dimps was a pretty good offer, but like Boston can easily offer Tatum and Jalen Brown, and it would be a better offer than what the Lakers is offering. So there was an official or unofficial yeah. offer made. Uh-huh. It's unofficial. Yeah, um, the Lakers made a, a um, went to Dimps first with a pa- offer package first. Yeah. But only, uh, but only offered one, uh, one pick. Yeah. Who do they, who do they um, who do they offer? Ball Kuzma. Um, what's uh, what the center Zubat Zubik Zubat and uh, the skinny dude with the bra- with the braids. And Ingram. Yeah, Brandon Ingram. And a first round pick. First round pick Ingram Ball. Zubox and um, Kuzma. That's not a, that's not a bad all, and that's why I was saying if if the Knicks were smart, then they would have then they would have turned around and went to New Orleans and be like, let me dangle KP in front of y'all. Let me mm-hmm. grab at least a ball and maybe an Ingram and a pick or a ball and somebody or like like I said, Ball and Randall, you know. And a pick, and they could have just took the, the Lakers' first round pick, and they could have still kept their own first round pick moving forward. <laughs> That's not predicated if anybody really wanted to deal with a uh, you know do business with New York, and it looked like 
they necessarily didn't except for Dallas. <laughs> yeah, but it also puts a black eye on L.A. and the Lakers as well because Magic is known to have been doing this for a while now. Um, ever since the Paul George thing, ever since, you know, he's supposed to be going to L.A., Kawhi was supposed to go to L.A., like all these things right now is leaving, I'm pretty sure it's leaving a sour taste in other owners' mouths when it comes to L.A. and the Lakers and Magic Johnson. Um like, stuff like this is rubbing people off the wrong way, bottom line. Well, I mean, uh, so you're, you're saying LeBron ain't – well, I guess LeBron is going through the, their, share, their shared agent, what is Rich, whatever his name is. Rich Paul, yeah. Rich Paul. So I guess that's who's speaking for LeBron and making sure stuff happens. But I think as much as Magic has some, some hand in this, I think this has everything to do with LeBron. And his uh, management company trying to make this happen more so. And you And I was going to say, and I think that's really where the, the whole crux of this issue with the Pelicans really lies, because you have you have um, AD, you know, firing his agent, you know, hot, you know, signing with you know, you know, Clutch Sports, um, LeBron's LeBron's same management team and, and um, management company. Um, they had back and forth talkings before the season even started, allegedly back in the summertime. Um, so it, it, it would appear or give the appearance that there was some type of unofficial collusion going on. Then he hires Rich Paul. And then all of a sudden, you know, I guess he goes to him quietly and be like, hey, look, I'm not going to resign, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'll prefer to go to the Lakers. And then the very next day, you have Rich Paul comes out officially saying all this stuff and throws everything, you know, up in a fray. And if I'm the Pelicans, I'd have been like, what the fuck? No, I'm not. No, now I'm not going to do it. I'm going to send you any place you you don't want to go. Now they're all talking about you're going to get a one-year rental. Well, so be it. But they're going to get the off, the best offer that they want, and they're not going to appease how this whole thing went down. I mean, players could trade all the time. I mean, look, I mean, did DeAndre Jordan, all the guys agree to want to go to the New York Knicks? I'm pretty sure he didn't. I mean, there was a clue in the package and got sent. But I just think the way that everything went down, in my opinion, and how it just rolled out, like you said, leaves a bad taste with L.A., leaves a bad taste with LeBron, and leaves a bad taste with Rich Paul. And the Pelicans are sitting there saying, I ain't got to do a damn thing I want to do. In my opinion, they should wait. And I have a feeling that they're going to wait at least until the trade deadline before something happens. Um, if they don't do anything before the trade deadline, then you might as well just they just now you're going to play AD into the rest of the year. So at this point, what would be the purpose of keeping them? I mean, what would be the purpose of him being like traveling with the team at this point? They already removed him from the Pelicans like signature video package when they come. You know, when you go to the arena, they already took AD off of it completely. So it'll be ugly. It's going it to is. Yeah, they already ran their course with AD. So when when people start removing you from the video package about the Pelicans, then you know it's about that time. I wonder if it's about the money or is it just about winning now? Well, that was the thing. AD said it's more about winning now. Like, yeah, I can, you know, let's get something straight. I can't be mad at AD because being there with the Pelicans for seven years and ownership and management didn't do nothing to get to keep him there. Um, and what makes it crazy, what happened was when they let go, when they didn't re-sign Rondo and Boogie, that's what started the whole thing. When they had Rondo and Boogie there, they was already in the second round of the playoffs, playing against the Warriors. Once they let those two players go, the writing was already on the wall. Like, AD was like, like, seriously? Like, you just let them go and I'm back to being by myself again? But I heard from what? Boogie was saying the Pelicans offered him like a fifty or sixty million dollar contract, and Boogie turned it down. Well, he felt like he needed more, and they and, and they lowballed him because he had the he had the injury. Yeah, right? yep. he was going to resign. So for the Pelicans, I can kind of see where they would have gave him a lower contract because they're like, "Hey, just blow out your ACL. We're not sure if you're going to come back. We're not going to come back a hundred percent. We're not sure you're even going to come back eighty percent. So why give you a super max contract?" If we're not sure, you're going to be super max worthy whenever you come back. So they lowballed him. DeMarcus Cousins got his feelings hurt. Basically, 
did screw him, ran to the Golden State Warriors and got very little money. <laughs> mm-hmm. showcasing his talent, yeah. showcasing his talent, so that if he if they go to the you know NBA Finals to win again, and he does well, he should showcase his talent to the rest of the league, saying, "Hey, I'm back." Yeah, but I think the Rondo um, losing Rondo really what killed the team. I think that's what hurt them because even when Boogie went down, they still was able to make it to the second round of the fi- I mean of the NBA playoffs last year, and that was with Rondo leading the charge. So I think that all in all, like when they didn't resign Rondo, I think that's what really hurt them. Um, I'm, I know they got Alfred Payton, and you know he's supposed to be quote unquote, but he's no Rondo. Like he didn't lead that team the way it should have been led. Rondo is that type of person that will lead a team. He led Chicago with a bunch of rookies into the playoffs the year before. So Rondo is that leader, that that dog that they, that AD needed to be along with them. Andrew Holiday, and once they let him go, that was just it was the writing on the wall. And so I can't be mad at AD for wanting to leave because, to be honest, they didn't put nobody really around him to succeed to go into more into the playoffs. Like. Two playoff appearances in seven years is just not good enough. Damn, no loyalty in sports no more, man. <laughs> I mean, well, right. Charles Barkley was on a shitty-ass Sixers squad for years. <laughs> 10, 12 years before he decided to call it quits. You know, you know what? I'm coming towards the end of my career. Let me at least hatch on to somebody else. Just give me a winner. These jokers, man, I tell you, it's a different breed. <laughs> No, but you can't knock AD for that's that's seven years. Like that's he 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 at least gave his all. Like those are seven years. I mean, but, but K, KG gave Minnesota what ten? Yeah. Twelve? Ten, twelve years? Yeah. But he got did he get traded? He left. Oh he, he left. left. He left. And, and and walked. Yes. And left Minnesota with Jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's no different from um, it's no different from the Knicks trading Christoph Porzingis. You know, when you thinking that you know, it's a business. It's a business. Players is going to leave and pursue whatever it is they need to do to get the you know to win a championship. So be it. Just like the teams, like if you if they feel as though that you run your course, they'll trade you in a heartbeat. Just ask Christoph Porzingis. Man, I wish the I wish the NBA would come up with some sort of rules like the NFL. Make it so that you can't be running to join super teams. Make get well, a little bit more parity in the league. Well, I mean, it's the CBA that the um, that the that the players are using to their advantage. I mean, all they're doing is just opting out or telling that team before they become free agents, I don't want to sign that extension, so they can go to get traded to another team, and then actually sign that extension with the team that they want. Um, so it's it doesn't always look right but they're just using the CBA to their advantage. They found a nice little loophole or a way to get around certain things. And so now they're able to just, you know, play upon that and utilize that to get the team places that they want to go as opposed to getting traded places that they don't want to go to free up cap space or to move again another player. It's no different than than you getting traded, you know, to another team because they want that player. They want Kyrie Irving or they want Kevin Durant. So they're trading you to get those players because they think that player fits better to their mold. You might like it there. I mean, look at Isaiah Thomas. He left it at Boston, got traded right to the Cleveland Cavaliers because they wanted Kyrie Irving. My opinion, same dynamic. It's just that the players have a lot more power and are using the CBA to their advantage. Now, I agree. Come next time they have a new CBA, it's going to be a hell of a long um, lockout because uh, I think the owners – realize what they sign and they're going to try to curtail a lot of the stuff that the players have. Now, wait, let me ask that question. Let me ask this question again. You're saying that this is different from the NFL. How? No, I I just want to make it not so much. Well, first of all, the NFL has a cap. Um, What is the salary cap? which present, prevents them from saying, let's just say, for example, it will prevent the Giants to go out there and get uh, the top quarterback, the top running – well, they don't need a running back, but they can stop them from getting the top quarterback, the two top receivers, and the top tight end that come to the Giants along with the number one safety and linebacker so they can stack their team because they won't have enough money to pay all those players 
because of the hard cap. Basketball doesn't. Uh, basketball, I, I believe, does not have a hard cap per se. No, they have a a very soft cap with a luxury tax if you go over it. Right. That's what just like, you think. That's just like just like baseball. You know, you know, you can spend whatever amount, you know the amount of money that you want, but. If you go over this luxury tax, you're gonna to have to spend whatever you know, pay off whatever money that is. But in football, yeah, you could go after that top quarterback. You can go after that top wide receiver. But if you shell out that top money, you'd be lucky if you get a career backup to play some other role because you don't have enough money to shell to shell out to get additional free agents. I mean, I get uh, the whole super max thing, but uh, it sucks. Wait a minute. Have you not seen what the NBA players are doing right now? Have you not seen what Golden State is doing? What DeMarcus Cousins just did with taking a big, gigantic pay cut just to be on the Golden State Warriors? This is going to be what's going to happen in the next couple of years where people are going to get bought out and going to hop on super teams with the lowest amount of salary rise, taking veteran minimums. You're going to see DeAndre Jordan get bought out eventually and go to a winning team for and get paid maybe a million or two for the rest of this year. You're going to see people do that. You're going to see NBA players do that. They're not going to need all this like cat room and jumping the luxury tax because they're going to have so many multiple screams of income from different teams playing and buying out of their contracts that they're going to be set for life. That's what's going to be the new norm. You're going to see like five all-stars <clears throat> outside of Golden State that's going to be on the same team. Yeah, you're going to have what happened in Miami where all those guys took a little less to play together. Then you got a bunch of role players coming in and make one or two mil wearing Golden State. They're not taking those tax, tax – you know, they're not taking those cuts. Everybody wants their super max contract, and Golden State is not going to be able to afford unless someone right. takes takes a cut or they're going to have to really get, you know, wild with the luxury tax. But, yeah, I, I agree with you, Al. It's – it's going to come to a point where you're going to have a lot of, a bunch of people taking less to get on these made-up super teams to win a chip, take a little less now, and then go and get more money at another team. Yeah, like, for example, Clay and, uh, and Draymond. Both are up for big uh, big contracts this coming year. Uh, Clay is. Draymond's next year. Draymond's next year? Uh, yeah, year after year. It, well, they ain't going to be able to give Clay a supermax. They're not going to be able to give – they're not going to be able to keep uh, KD because I believe KD's contract is up too. But the question is again: What is it going to be more important for Clay? For Clay, is it going to be for more championships, or is it going to be for the money? If it's going to be for more money, then of course Clay can't stay at Golden State. If it's going to be for more championships, Clay is going to take a pay cut or take a reasonable cut where it benefits both him and chasing the ring with Golden State. I mean, so what? I guess. It's obvious that Golden State is actually bored during the, the regular season. <laughs> like, I don't know how many more seasons they can play together and sit and say, yeah, this shit is boring, this shit is boring. And eventually they're going to get – eventually they're going to, you know, be knocked off their throne because they're not going to take the regular season and they'll probably just limp into the playoffs and do whatever and get knocked out. But why – Clay wants to show off his – in my personal opinion – I think Clay wants to show off to say, you know what? Everybody thinks about KD. Everybody thinks about Steph. Understandably, you know, I can sit there and drop 30 on any given night for damn self, but I want to be that dude. I truly think, I truly think, and I've heard this on um, ESPN, that if AD somehow ends up in L.A., that Clay's going to go to L.A. too. Yeah, that, I heard that too, that Clay, there is talk that Clay talk going to the, Lakes, to the Lakers, especially if AD comes and – if you had a bonus with Kyrie, because there's talks about him possibly reuniting with LeBron in L.A. as well. So, But then if that's the case, then I don't see the way going. Can I use an explicitive for Kyrie Irving? Because Kyrie is acting like a real ish right now. <laughs> they done shot your cousin in front of your face, and you acting like a real ish right now. Yeah, yeah. you over there Boston <laughs> acting like a real ish, calling up LeBron, telling everybody that I apologize this is <clears> and I'll play with him. When you couldn't wait to get the hell out of Dodge and go to Boston. I'm sorry. Now you got hurt that one year. You saw all the young guns play and get to the Eastern Conference Finals, a game or two away from the actual finals, and you come back, and now you're trying to fit back in, and now you're getting all emotional, all in your feelings. 
when, in my opinion, I think Boston was a lot better without him than they are with him. Without him and other dude. Gordon Hayward. That's that's just bad. <laughs> that's just bad. He, but I think that Utah. <laughs> I, I think the Boston team plays a lot better with all those assets that they have when they all can get time on the ball. But you knew when you know, at least with Kyrie Irving coming back, somebody had to go because you weren't ever going to have that same – all those people were going to have all those minutes. Somebody's going to get shortchanged. Right now, Jalen Brown. And Marcus Smart. <laughs> uh, Marcus Smart ain't no – I think he's just a real nice complimentary player. I don't think he's uh, – maybe he might thrive under, under the right system. He may thrive to be something better than what he is, but True. he's a great defender. But you need those people that fit well into the system, just like how Golden State has their dynasty because they don't have superstars all over. They have one or two, but they have a lot of people that fit well and play their roles in the system very well. I think what you saw at Boston, all those players, minus Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, fit well and played, I think, a lot better in uh, David Brown's offense than when you have Kyrie because Kyrie is very ISO, and I think that just is throwing off the chemistry of everybody else. Then everybody else becomes ISO. When last year, the ball was moving much more fluid, and you had a lot more. It was it was a better looking offense, except when Kyrie it becomes very stagnant, especially in the last couple of minutes when he closes out the game. Now you need him, but the problem is you don't have anybody else learning how to be that closer. So you're stunting the growth of those other guys because Kyrie has to be that closer, and I think. Honestly, Kyrie is going to be out of Boston. Tatum, that's the dude. He should have been the number one pick overall, personally. That dude is a beast. And that was my rant for Boston and Kyrie, but like I said, I think Kyrie's acting real ish right now. And if he goes to L.A., he's a, a bona fide ish. Yeah, I agree. He should just go home. That's the whole reason why probably New York didn't want to uh, the, the trade for ball, because they want Kyrie to run the point. Well, it doesn't matter now because you got Dennis Smith Jr. there. So. Put that joke at the two. What? No, that would never work. That would never work. Well, now, y'all make the playoffs with 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 Kyrie and Dennis Smith at the one and two. Sorry. Sorry, that won't. I don't see why not. To be honest, that's kind of when you think about it. Y'all got Knicks got rid of both their their shooting guards. So who is their shooting guard now? Nicolina. <laughs> As a shooting guard? All right. All right. Hey, man, look, if you can make it work at 2K or NBA Live, I'm sure. I'm sorry. They got Wes Matthews there. So if they don't buy him out, they do got Wes Matthews there at the two. So. Let's talk it. That Nick roster right now looks ridiculous. <laughs> so you got Dennis Smith Jr., Wes Matthews at the two. Um, Kevin Knox at the three, Vol- Noah Volley at the four, and Mitch Robinson at the five. Yeah. Where does Moutier get? He come off the bench. Moutier comes off the bench. And what position do he play? He's like off guard, one and two. No, I thought I thought Moutier was the starter. Not with Dennis Smith Jr. coming into the mix now. Good point. <laughs> Good point. You're like we like you, but. Uh... SDSJ. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll see. That's all I'm going to say. We'll see. Well, we'll know when we uh, meet this time next week. I think the uh, the trading deadline will uh, would it be, uh, I think it's next Wednesday? Thursday. Next Thursday. So mm-hmm. we'll definitely have some interesting conversation leading up until uh, next week when we meet again. But fellas, you know, it's about that time. Uh, where we must bid a farewell. But with that being said, uh, where can folks reach you? Oh, our picks. Our, our quick picks for the Super Bowl. Since I don't have uh, a book. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I picked that Budweiser has a great commercial. How about that? <laughs> I picked that Bud Light has a great commercial with the, uh, oh. the guy that says Dilly Dilly. Ah, uh-uh. ah. Yes. Dilly Dilly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would love to see the Bud the Budweiser Clydesdales versus the uh, the Dilly Dilly Crew. And, uh, I'll make I'll make a predict. I'm sorry. 
I make a prediction that someone is going to kneel during the national anthem. Mm. Yeah. I, but I heard Maroon 5 did not speak to the media because they're making a, a big social justice type of thing out of their halftime performance. So I predict Maroon 5 is about to do some crazy crap during, during halftime. And I plan to have my popcorn and tea <laughs> sip comfortably while I watch Get your popcorn ready. <laughs> but if I had to put a, if I, if I had to pick, I, uh, I like the Rams to win. However, hard to hard to pick against the goat. I'm not even going to pick because if I pick, it might be the kiss of death. So I'm just not. I'm just going to remain anonymous on this. And I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't talk about football at all. <laughs> I tell you, I'm watching for the commercials. No, no, say the crushes aren't bad at all. <laughs> Not at all. And I, want, I plan to crack jokes during the game, too. So <laughs> if I shoot out a quick bullet or, or throw this out there real quick, you know. So I just, just thought I'd just put that out there. But anyway, <laughs> where, where can the folks find you? <laughs> uh, you can find me on the gram, uh, Twitter, uh, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Crawls. Again, Twitter and Instagram. Wow. I am Al Qualls. You can find me on Twitter, uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. Well, fellas, it is Super Bowl weekend. God, I guess I'll say the Patriots. But uh, come on, Clydesdales from Budweiser. Because <laughs> I don't care. I don't want to boycott the Super Bowl. I surely do. <laughs> I can't because I'll be bored on Sunday, so I got to watch. But anyway, folks, it's been a pleasure. Until next time, peace, love, and hair grease. God bless. Good night. I see you, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. <laughs>